0: We've been in our foundation series as Jessica said and this is it. we begin with our our first of three topics uh, that was actually faith or the statement of faith that I've shared with you that the the five things that we looked at in the statement of faith is something that every Christian needs to have as a part of them to be able to share with other people you need to understand who you are in christ and you need to understand what true repentance is and water baptism and the holy spirit and then we talked about the word and about hearing the word and and memorizing and meditating the word and being able and understanding the the benefit of speaking the word and tonight we're talking about church and community and how important it is for the two of those to be connected but you have to understand the church and the purpose of the church to understand church and community. If you don't understand the purpose of the church, and, and the purpose of the church is not just a place for you to dress up and show up. You know, purpose of the church is very clear in Scripture, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, and how church and community were intended to connect. Amen? So, tonight in our, in our last... Foundation, class, message, that's what we're discussing. And remember, starting Sunday, for the next three Sundays, uh, we uh, we, we are, the title of the message or the series is Nothing But the Blood, talking about the blood of Jesus leading up to Easter, and then the following Sunday is Baptism Sunday. If you've never been baptized or if you've been baptized before and you'd like to be baptized again or you know people that would like to be baptized, bring them. We're going to baptize on that Sunday. We're going to teach on baptism and then baptize on on the Sunday, I think it's the 27th. Um, So be here for that. So tonight, talking about church and community, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Um, we've read this passage many times I really like this passage Um, starting with um, verse 24 it says therefore whoever, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock He built his house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not and does whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came. The winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was It's fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. One having authority and not as the scribes. In life you won't fall or fail because of the intensity of a storm if your foundations are strong. So as I've said this many times, we're not storm free we're just storm proof people if we build our house on the rock when you build your foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ then that foundation will stand withstand every storm that comes so i'm going to say it again we're not storm free we're not free of storm because you see that both people here they were building and storms came to both houses But I want to say this, and you'll see this in the scriptures that we're going to talk about here over the next few minutes. Um, He's talking about building a house. And um, the Bible says that that we are the house of God. So individually, if we're the house of God, and if the place, not, not this actual building, but the place that we meet that we come together as the little houses to make up the big house that becomes the house of God, which we know of, and we'll read this verse of Scripture in a moment, as the church. Then I I want you to think about this tonight, that building your house is so extremely important that it's connected to building the big house. The house of God, the church. I'm gonna say it again. You building your house is extremely important that it's connected to something that's bigger than you are. See, a lot of times we people come into the church realm and hear some teaching and begin to understand some things that they've never heard before. I had a I had the opportunity to to uh we were gone this weekend we were at my my father's 80th birthday celebration all of my family showed up and um we just had had the opportunity to speak into and minister to a lot of different people a lot of different people from just all over and um a lot of people that I'd known from the past and, and even my family members that I don't see a lot and they all came together and we were able to spend some time and, and just ministering to people. But what, what I realize is that that a lot of people have a perception about life and they don't know there's another perception that they could have. They, they, they think life is a certain way and... Sometimes, you know, you've you got to pull back and hold back and not, you know, smother people and vomit on people and give them information that they can't handle. But then there's times when people really want more information. They really want something. And I, I, I saw it this weekend. There's, there's those kind of appointed times, and I, and I see them every once in a while. Actually, I see them more and more all the time, it seems like to me. This is one of of those appointed times when things that I had, that my family had, that we had, were to give into other people's lives. I I saw it real clearly, you know. And um, another thing that I notice is that when people have one perception of life and then they come in and they begin to embrace or hear things that they've never heard before, When when I I'll just use myself as an example, at 18 years old, when I first heard someone teach from the Bible, up to 18, I've never really heard any teaching that I could remember. And uh, when I heard someone teach from the Bible, I thought, that's strange. What what, what's what's all that? And uh, and then I heard another message from the same man because I was invited to this place up by the lake where we used to water ski all the time I thought yeah anything's everything's good at the lake you know but they were teaching some stuff and I'd never heard teaching like that and then he then he talked again I heard five messages in a weekend thinking these people are nuts go to church like this kind of stuff all the time and uh, but I left that weekend thinking okay either I've been lied to or this guy is a nut the more I thought about what he said down inside of me I wasn't even born again yet but down inside of me I knew that there was a difference and then I got born again and it really began to make sense and a lot of times people will get information and understanding and and that information will give them things that they've never had before and give them an And give them some ideas and understanding about life that they've never had before and then the tendency is that people begin to think more highly of themselves than they should with the information that they get when all along the information was given to you to understand how this world works and how the church world operates the church is a team sport like football not golf. It's a team sport like basketball, not like tennis. There's no room in, in the body of Christ in the church world if you're going to be effective at whatever you do outside of the church, whatever you do, whatever, as Jessica was talking about, businesses, or whatever it is that you're called to do. You'll never be effective as the Lone Ranger. God didn't intend it to be that way. And that's why it's so important that we understand church and community. Not just the community we live in here. Yes, that's vitally important. But community is just the rest of humanity. That when we rightly discern the body of Christ, the church, which is the house of God, and we realize how we build the house. I I am the house of God. You're the house of God individually, but we make up the church of Jesus Christ. We make it up, all the parts together. And when we understand that and we don't allow ourselves to think more highly of ourselves than we should, then we're able to arise and become all that God created us to be. And it's something that has to be specifically worked on in every individual person's life. Because we live in a society where we want to take credit for things that happen. We, we want the attention and the credit on ourselves. I mean, you know, when you get an attaboy, it makes you feel good. And the more attaboys you get, the more attaboys you want. Attaboy. Good job, man. You're the man. And the more those things that we get, the more we want. And what ha- what, the tendency that I've seen through the years is for people to back out of what got them where they came to thinking that they can handle it from here. And that's where we become the Lone Ranger, and the Lone Ranger will end up kind of dying off because there's no, there's no understanding and there's no revelation that comes to you when it's just about you. Life becomes very boring when you're just about yourself. That doesn't want us to be people that are just about ourselves. As Jessica was talking about earlier, and that story of Ruth, and Boaz, understanding how you sow for things as you sow into the lives of other people, then you reap. The Bible says, as long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest time. Whatever a man sows, that's what he's going to reap. You sow selfishness and you sow everything about yourself. That's what you reap. That's what the church is about, to get you out of yourself and your focus on other people so that you're out of yourself so that God can do things for you and advance you and cause you to be what he intended for you to be. Amen? That's why we've got to understand church and community, everybody else, and how vital it is that we affect our community and communities and people, with what the church has done and established in us, we talked about in one of the messages, the fifth message in the statement of faith, is under. It was about it was about church life, and we just talked about all the things that the church brings to the table, what the church brings to the table in each individual person's life, and the importance of that. And so tonight. Just in the next few minutes, I just want to read these few verses and just remind you of the importance of building your house on a a rock. And this is the question I ask you Where does a man build his house on the rock? Where does a man build his house on the rock? Look at 1st. Timothy 3.15 fifteen. First Timothy 3 and 15 where does a man build his house on the rock he said but if I'm delayed I write to you that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God which is the church of the living God the pillar and the ground of truth where does a man build his house on the rock in the house of God which is the church the pillar in the ground of truth so how people get information different information i was sitting and talking to one person this weekend when i was at this thing for my dad i was talking to this this one guy and and uh, i was sharing some things with him and I was sharing with him based on the questions he was asking me because of things that weren't working in his life. So he was searching for more information. In other words, when I looked at him, he looked like, he looked like a guy that had built his house on sand, and the storms came, and they beat against his house, and they kept beating, and they'd been beating against him week after week, month after month, year after year. And as he's talking to me, he's looking at me the way I looked at that guy 37 years ago when he started teaching me something that I'd never heard before. And the longer I talked to this guy, I realized that storm after storm after storm after storm after storm after storm beat against his house and he lost his marriage and he lost his children, and he lost this, and he lost his finances, and he lost his business, and he went to jail, and this happened, and that happened, and bam 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 and bam. And, bam. and he's just sitting there looking at me like, "Help me. Help me. Help me. I need help." He wasn't saying that, but that's what his look gave me. And as I began to share things with him based on his questions, because he had heard some other people say, and I emceed this party, and so I shared some things about myself, and there was a bunch of people there that knew me in my old days, and they've never seen me in 37 years, and now they're seeing me in my new days, you know? And I I look kind of the same, but the the guy on the inside was different, and I was able to share some things, and we need to be able to be able to do that for other people. That's how we affect our community with what the church builds in us. Amen? So where does a man build his house? House of God, which is the church, the pillar and the ground of truth. So the church isn't about a pretty place where I can just be pretty and come and be another social club. The church is about how my thinking changes. Based on information that is taught. Amen? Matthew 16 and verse 18. These are familiar scriptures. If you're around here at all, we've read these at different times. 16 and 18. <clears throat> Jesus said to Peter, Say to you that you're Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Jesus told Peter that on this rock. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. For Peter, I've heard people say that the rock was Peter. That so the church was built on Peter. No, church wasn't built on Peter. The church was built on the revelation that Peter got from his connection to Jesus who's the living word, who is the church. He represents what the church is. He said, I will build my church on this rock of revelation of who I am that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Where will a man build his house? Builds his house from the revelation that comes from the teaching like that I'm giving you right now. The next three Sundays, bring people to these messages on, on uh, what's, the, what's the title? Nothing, Nothing but, but the blood. The blood. Right, right. You know, it's something about the blood. <laughs> but, <laughs> bring them. Yeah, it's a great message. I can't remember the title, but man, it's good. <laughs> but it is. It is. And it'll liberate people's lives. Just, just, I'll tell you, these three messages about what the blood has done and how to appropriate the blood of Jesus in your life, oof, man, it, it making me woozy thinking about it right now. But where does a man build his, the house? On the revelation that comes from the Word. Faith in God comes from hearing, and hearing by the Word. So you hear me say it, then Holy Spirit says, Now I want to show you in the Word what I mean for you personally. You heard what He said now. I want to break it down to where it becomes a personal thing to you. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. But it's very clear in the Word how that process works. You don't ever hear anything different. Like right now, you're sitting here listening to me. And this isn't open for conversation or interaction. I'm teaching a message. I'm ministering a message to you. That God says is important for tonight for you to hear. And what you do with it will determine whether it becomes a part of you or not. It won't change your life and you won't even believe this just because I preach it. You could sit here and say, you know what, that guy's lost it. He's nuts. And just leave here and do nothing with it. But you take the word and you take the scriptures and you allow them to become a part of you. Then you frame your world with this revelation. That you want to be great in this world and in society and, and the and the world and, and greatness is not just measured by what you see and what you've acquired. Greatness is measured by who you become on the inside. And I don't I don't want to be like someone else. You know, I got a, I had a lot of heroes in the world. And I used to imitate and emulate some of those heroes and want to be like this guy or that guy or this guy. But today I just want to be like Jesus. I mean, lit, I, I mean, I mean, you'd think, well, you ain't a year of pastor, you want to be like... No, no, no. I, I'm talking about, I want to be like he was. And you read about his life, and nobody even comes close to who he was. I just want to be like him. He's the mark. I keep pressing toward the mark, and I want to be like him more and more all the time. You know, and and that's that's what has to become a part of us to be effective in helping other people. You can't help other people with just information that you have just about life in general that has no bearing on the Word of God. It won't liberate people's lives. I mean, you can help somebody with just natural knowledge to learn certain things or whatever, but it won't liberate the inside of them. And you can look the party, and you can look like you're all that, but if the heart is all stirred up and it's cancerous and there's issues and stuff that's there, then there's no revelation and there's really no liberty and freedom. But he said on this rock, the rock of revelation of who I am, Jesus said, I'll, I will build my church. And the gates of hell can't prevail against it. Glory to God. Amen? First Corinthians 11. verse 27. 11 and 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. This is the passage of Scripture right after our communion message that Paul was talking about the... the, the, um, The Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. And he said, Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick. They're powerless and sick among you, and many sleep. Many have no no life in them. The guy I was talking to this last week and the guy I mentioned to you a moment ago, it was like he was asleep. All All the life had just been sucked out of him because of the storms that beat against him, and there was no foundation. So the storms will come. Say that. Storms will come come to everybody. Issues and stuff. Everybody's got to fight stuff. But what kind of foundation we have? Where does a man build his house and where does he build the house on a good foundation? The house of God, which is the church. The pillar of truth. Amen? And from that pillar of truth comes revelation. Jesus said, I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. Wow. Amen? But he says here, I'm just going to make this one point from in verse 29. He says, The reason that people are weak and sick among us because they don't rightly discern the body of Jesus Christ. So, when we have communion and we partake of the cup and we partake of the cracker, whatever it is that we use, um, is that cracker an actual piece of Jesus physical body no it's a saltine right so it's not actually a piece of that body so how would you discern correctly a body let's let's read that verse again verse 29 for he who eats and drinks, in other words, the, the the bread and 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 whatever liquid that is used, you know, it doesn't have to be grape juice. It can be wine, or it can be water, or it could be Dr Pepper. You know, It says he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. I had a person one time tell me, oh, I can't take that because. I have too much sin in my life. I can't do the communion thing because of sin, because, I, because I've done too many things wrong. See, they're not discerning correctly what the cup and the bread represents. It, what it represents is what the body and the blood of Jesus Christ accomplished for us. So that means, that means if I've got a bunch of stuff that's not right in my life, I need to run to the cup and the cracker, not, a, not away from it. Amen. So so they're not discerning it correctly. So when he's talking about discerning the body, here's where... Let me just hold your place right there and just listen to this. You can write this down or look at it later. But Ephesians 1 and verse 21 says... "...far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And He, the Father, put all things under His feet, Jesus' feet, and gave Him, the Father gave Jesus, to be head over all things to the church, which is His body. To the church, which is His body. He gave Jesus to be the head over all things, to the church which is His body. The church is the body. See, when we don't discern the body of Jesus Christ correctly, in other words, when we don't discern what His body accomplished so that we could be that body in the earth, I'm going to say it again, when we don't discern that what He did with His body caused our bodies to be the church in the earth and to establish righteousness in the earth and let the devil know in the earth that he's defeated and that he has no power and no dominion and let in the earth sickness and disease know it has no power and authority over us and let poverty know that it was defeated at Calvary and let this and that and this and that and everything else know that it was defeated. If we don't discern correctly the body which is the church, which is the house of God, which we are. And and it's not us individually. It's not me as a lone ranger and I'm going to do it on my own. But it's me connected to Dale and on and on and on to each person this way and that way and and around the world as we're connected as the church, as we walk in love and we allow uh, the understanding and revelation of God to become real to us. On the rock of revelation, he said, I'll build my church, which is his body, That the gates of hell will not prevail. How? The gates of hell can't prevail when I discern rightly what his body did and what it came here to establish. Came here to establish the church in the earth. And when the church is strong, then the community is strong. See, when you take who you are to your businesses, the church becomes strong. When you take who you are in Christ into the community, the community becomes strong. Because everywhere you go goes the anointing. See, I traveled to New Mexico and a guy that was beat up and tore up and wore out and left for dead was on the road. Or, you know, was in, in my life and came before me. And I had something to deposit in him. So all of a sudden, the deposit of that word in that guy's life has caused a community somewhere, wherever that guy lives, to become a better community because of the seed of the word, because of what I had to give to him. And, you know, not only do you have to have something inside, but you have to have those things working in your life. See, you have to have patience to want to minister to people have been beat up. You have to have compassion for the things that they've gone through and not just be about yourself and everything's about me and all the focus on me. You you have to have the nature of Jesus inside of you but then working out of you to affect the community in the way that we've been called to affect the community. Gates of the city is a representation of of the church that Jesus is building, and we have a responsibility to affect our community here in Kerrville and Kerr County and all the surrounding areas here, as far-reaching as that can go. We've been created to affect our community because of our discernment and our understanding of what the body of Jesus Christ really is and what it's really about and what it's really for. So he says in Hebrews 10. this This is a command from the apostle here. Hebrews 10 and verse 23. Based on what we just said, this is his challenge to us. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another... In order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as it is, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more. Say that with me. So much the more. What does that mean? And that means we need to encourage each other more, and we need to connect with each other more, and we need to... We need to make sure that we're building each other more and more as you see the day approaching. What day? Tomorrow. The rapture. The end of time. Whatever. Tomorrow's another day. And as you see tomorrow approaching, you need to do more of it. Because why? Because the Bible says that the days are evil. And darkness is covering the earth, and deep darkness the people but the Lord. See? But the anointing of God and that light that shines on us, what's the light for? You turn the lights out in here, it's dark. How do you get rid of the dark? Turn the light on. Amen? So tomorrow morning when you wake up, just turn yourself on. And there you are, you're walking out. Wherever you're going to go, your jobs, your businesses, wherever you're going, and you're going to be the light to this community. See, that's what we're called to do. Now, just a couple things. i got one verse to read, and I'm done. <clears throat> when, when, when Jesus called his disciples to follow, there were others following so they had to follow together and boy they had some issues i mean they had some issues and then some others followed and then the original guys got jealous of the others following and then there was this and that i mean there's all kinds of stuff but they followed with others so when we follow jesus we're following with one another it's one of the reasons that our connect groups are so important and so important that you do everything you can to make the connect groups good and solid because we got to connect. We got, we got to encourage each other the more as the day draws near because of the stuff that's out there trying to discourage people and get people to think more highly of themselves than they should and think that they can handle it on themselves and then they become the Lone Ranger and then they may have one sidekick Tonto, you know, I mean, but that's about it. You know, Lone Ranger couldn't do it, do what he wanted to do, except with Tonto. That didn't even make any sense, anyway. <laughs> so, so after the day of Pentecost, as Peter was preaching, what he preached was Christ crucified. He preached what true repentance was he, rep- he preached the baptism of the Holy Spirit and 3,000 were added to the church or to the fellowship and it overwhelmed their community actually let's read that and I'll end with this I just want to read that that short passage right there verse 40 of Acts 2 and with many other words, he testified and he exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they, watch this, verse 42, watch what they did. They formed connect groups. <laughs> you see that in there? It says, And they continually, they continued steadfastly. In the apostles' doctrine, in other words, the preaching of the word and fellowship, connection, connect groups. And what did they do? They broke bread and they continued to pray. Then the fear of God came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Many signs and wonders were done through the people. Why? Because they stayed connected and they realized how vitally important their connection was and 3,000 were added to the group you think in one day or maybe three days or five days 3,000 were added you know to the church and then that many more and that many more I mean they had some issues to deal with right but you know what the more we have revelation we're able to deal with with the stuff that people have, because people have stuff. You know why? Because they've been building their house on the sand, and they've been hammered and beat up and left for dead. And when they come, we got to help them. And we got to give them information. we got to do it in a way that they can receive it. And we got to love people and accept them just like they are. Not if they change this and change that. Just accept them like they are, and they'll come running from everywhere. Three thousand were added in a day, in the early church. We can have three services. We can get about a, we can get a thousand in here. So we we'll just do three services, okay? Thousand in a day. Well, let Let me ask you. What would be wrong with three thousand people here this? This coming Sunday, all of them standing outside. I mean, number one, I don't know where they're going to (laughs) park yet. Right, we'll work that out. But what's good about that? It doesn't have to all be figured out and worked out. You understand? What they need is to be able to hear something they'd never heard before. That's what it's all about, that's what the church is about. The day I heard that guy at that camp, and he started teaching, and I'm thinking, man, this guy's nuts. What's he talking about? And I heard him again and again and again, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. And then I got saved, and my eyes were opened up, and I realized what he was saying was true, and I realized i have been lied to for 18 years. they have been teaching me all kinds of stuff and telling me stuff about life that wasn't true. I had to spend a number of years unlearning all that stuff I learned. And that's why people need you. People need you to help them unlearn so they can learn, learn the right way, and understand who God really is. Amen? Amen. Church and community is a key. and has to be a foundational thing that you believe in or you'll be talked out of it. You've got to fight for it. He's building his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. Lord, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the hunger in your people, Lord, to be the church and affect the community and allow others to ask questions and come and come to them. And I thank you for giving them revelation minister life i thank you as they study your word it becomes real to them this word that i shared tonight as they do something with it and look at the scriptures themselves that it changed their thinking and their mind and established them in a greater way than they ever have before lord we thank you for your church around the world being established lord i know that there's flaws in your church there's flaws everywhere but it's the church is the best thing going on planet earth And I thank you for the increase of the church. I thank you, Father, for the growth of the church, the maturity of your church around the world, that people will know that there's a God in heaven because of the God that they see in us. Tonight we bless you we honor you and give you praise. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen. God bless you tonight. Be blessed.